tell you, I've enjoyed being here tonight, enjoyed the good singing, amen, the presence of God. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight. I was, uh, had, had a message I've been carrying for three or four or five weeks, I reckon, and uh, had no burden to preach it until today. I was, uh, Lord just spoke to my heart about it, and so I'll pray the Lord to use it for a few moments tonight. Uh, Acts chapter number 8, if you'll turn with us. It's just good to be in church on Wednesday night, amen. And uh, I tell you, church alive is worth the drive, amen. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the youth choir singing, the special songs, the Lord visiting with us tonight on the uh, congregational singing, amen, special singing. And uh, we're just, I'm just glad you're here, amen. I'm glad he's here, amen. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to be in this place tonight and be where the presence of God is. Acts chapter number 8, if you're able to stand with us. I want to say this, wasn't that good preaching on Sunday? I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, if Brother Moore got a cancellation and just showed back up this Sunday, it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. Amen. I mean, that was just good preaching all day, and uh, I've been feasting on it this week. Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 9. The Bible said, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also and was baptized. He continued with Philip and wandered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast not thought that the gift of God, thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, and none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Father, bless this message, I pray tonight. May the will of God be done. I ask you, Lord, to speak to our heart in a personal manner. Help us, Lord, to... Uh, Be sensitive, and may we not say or do anything that would grieve you. But God, I ask you to do an eternal work now, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice with me in this 8th chapter of the book of Acts that when we come to this chapter here, it's evident that Satan is doing everything or was willing to do anything and everything 
uh, to try to corrupt the early church. If you go back to chapter number 5, uh, uh, the devil tried money in chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira to try to corrupt the church. And then in chapter 6 and 7 with the death of Stephen, he tried murder uh, to corrupt the church. And then here in our text tonight, uh, he tries to use mimicry to in chapter 8 through Simon uh, to try to corrupt the church. Now the devil is always trying to do anything and everything that he can uh, to get a foothold inside the local church. Amen? And when we come to this text tonight, it's easy to see in the beginning uh, that Simon is not saved. But as you go further into this text, some have wondered if Simon perhaps received Christ uh, as his Savior because uh, verse number 13 says, Then Simon himself believed also and was baptized. Now, if you take that phrase in and of itself, uh, it would appear as if Simon uh, has gotten saved. But if you look at the entirety of the text, here's what you see. This text proves tonight that Simon was more interested in miracles than what he was the master. Amen? He wanted power rather than pardon. Uh, uh, Simon sought fame and fortune uh, rather than salvation. And Simon was never really about the gospel, but Simon was always and only about Simon himself. That's what this text will prove tonight. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on So Simon Says. Amen. So Simon says. You say, what do you mean? Well, according to the early verses of this text, uh, uh, Simon says he is great. Amen? You go a little bit further, he gets uh, uh, supposedly saved and baptized. Uh, a little bit further in the text, uh, uh, Simon says he wants the, the Holy Ghost, that he might be able to lay it upon other men. Uh, and you know, Simon, whatever he says, uh, uh, if you're not careful, some, and those that were in this text tonight uh, uh, that we read about, they took what he said at face value. But thank God for the apostles. Thank God for men of God that did not listen to Simon, but thank God they listened to the scriptures. Amen. I know about you tonight, but I never did like the game Simon says. Uh, I mean, maybe you played that as a child. I played it as a child, but it was always a boring game. I reckon because uh, I didn't like somebody always controlling my life uh, and telling me what I had to do. Amen. I never met Simon, but I wasn't too fond of him. Amen. But I got to read the Bible one day here in this text uh, and I thought to myself you know there's a lot of people uh, that have been bewitched uh, uh, by Simon. Amen. I'll mention that a little further in this sermon and you'll see what I'm talking about. But when we look at this text tonight it proves uh, uh, that Simon had the wrong view of a lot of things. Uh, if you was to look at verses 9 through 11 uh, Simon has the wrong view of self. Uh, he elevates himself. Uh, he builds himself up. He makes much of himself. Uh, he even says that he himself uh, is great. Uh, but we see a lot of people today that have the wrong view of themselves. Amen? You see, that's what Calvary will help us with tonight. It'll help us see Jesus for who he is uh, and it'll help us see ourselves uh, uh, for who we are. When Isaiah saw the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6 uh, and he saw him upon his throne uh, and he saw the train that filled the temple, Isaiah also saw who he really was. Uh, 
And he said, woe is me. He said, for I'm an unclean man that dwells in the midst of unclean people. I'm telling you, Calvary will help us see ourselves for who we really are. And Simon had the wrong view of himself. And then Simon had the wrong view about salvation. Amen. In verse 12 and verse 13, salvation is of the Lord. Can I get an amen right there? And salvation has to go beyond a profession. It has to have a possession. And that is the Holy Ghost. And you cannot purchase the Holy Ghost because it is a gift. Salvation is a gift. And the Spirit of God seals that in a sinner's heart when they get saved. And you can't purchase a pardon. Can I get a witness right there? He had the wrong view of salvation. He had the wrong view of the Spirit of God. As we mentioned in verse 20 through 23, how that he wanted the Spirit of God so that he could make merchandise. He can make money. He could perform miracles. He can move the crowd. He wanted to use the name and the power of the Spirit of God for his own personal gain tonight. The wrong view of the Spirit. And then he had the wrong view of sin. When Peter rebukes him in verse 24, he will not even ask God himself to forgive him. I've met a lot of people in life, and I'm sure you have too, that were just like Simon. The wrong view of self, the wrong view of salvation, the wrong view of the Spirit, the wrong view about sin. Notice with me in verse number 9 tonight, I want you to see the pride of Simon in verse number 9. It is seen here in this verse uh, in three areas. You'll notice it in his past, his performance, and his promotion. As the Bible said, but there was a certain man called Simon. Now notice this, which before time in the same city, there's the past, uh, he used sorcery and bewitched the people. There's the performance, uh, giving out that himself uh, was some great one. Uh, There is the promotion. Simon had so much pride that he was willing uh, to put himself out there. He was willing to promote himself. I want to tell you tonight, uh, uh, listen, there's a lot of people tonight just like Simon. You see, Simon had to be seen. Uh, Simon had to be heard. Uh, Simon needed to be praised. Uh, uh, Simon wanted to be number one. Uh, uh, Simon wanted others to think that he was great. Uh, Spirit-filled people tonight uh, do not desire to be noticed. Can I get an amen? Uh, Spirit-filled people tonight I do not have to be recognized. Now they may be honored. uh, They may be recognized. uh, But the Bible said to let another man praise thee. Amen. And when we think about pride tonight, pride is deadly. Can I get a witness right there? You see, pride defies God. Uh, The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number uh, 6, or or chapter 6 and verse 16, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And the first one that tops the list is a proud look. Amen. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. And a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift to running, uh, uh, running to mischief. And a, wa- a false witness that speaketh lies. Uh, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. You see God said I hate these things tonight uh, because they defy who I am. They defy my nature. They defy what I stand for. And God said a proud look. Uh, God said that's number one on the list. And when someone's got a proud look, it defies God. Amen. Watch serious tonight, isn't it? 
And my friend, it not only defies God, but it defiles man. Proverbs 16 and verse 5 said, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. You see, pride don't start with a face. And pride doesn't start with the lips. Uh, but pride, it doesn't start with a bold announcement. But pride starts in the heart. Amen. And if you and I don't deal with pride in our life, pride will certainly deal with us. Amen. It defies God. It defiles man. Uh, pride divides society. Amen. Uh, Proverbs 13. And verse 10 said, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well advised is wisdom. You see, tonight, every contention in this life, it started with pride. Every argument, every war, every disagreement, every division, it came together because of two that had so much pride that they could not get it right. They could not get it settled. I mean, if you're here tonight and you're mad at someone or you can't speak to someone or there's something in your heart against someone, you say, Brother Cranley, you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter. It takes pride to hold a grudge. Can I get an amen right there? It takes pride not to speak to somebody. It takes pride not to shake their hand. It takes pride to go on the other side of the church to avoid them and to stay away from them. It takes pride to sit there and to not worship with them in the house of God. Every bit of that, my friend, is pride. And it divides society. Amen. Then I want to say tonight it dishonors life. Proverbs 11 and verse 2 said, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. You want to live a prideful life? If I live a prideful life, it'll bring shame. Simon, the pride of Simon brought shame to him. Pride destroys the soul. The Bible said in Proverbs 15, 25, The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. Amen. Remember these four kinds of pride. There is the pride of face, and that's beauty. Nothing wrong with beauty. But when a person is vain, and they and they live, and they think they're beautiful. And you know, we live in a society that everybody thinks they're beautiful because everybody tells everybody, oh, you're so beautiful, amen? Now, let's just be honest tonight. There is some ugly people in this world, amen? Now, I know you're going to act more spiritual than I am. I'm not identifying people. I'm not labeling people as ugly but have you ever seen a time when people are so much about their beauty amen I think you ought to look nice I think you ought to look well groomed I don't know if that's the words y'all I reckon you groom a dog not a human amen but you ought to look well groomed you ought to look like you took take care of yourself amen but what I'm telling you tonight is the Bible said that beauty is vain are y'all with me tonight I feel like I'm preaching to the wall right now I'm just simply saying this that there is the pride of face and then there is the pride of race. Uh, some people think because of their skin or their nationality that they're better than somebody else. Uh, now, a real Christian doesn't believe that way tonight, uh, but I'm telling you there is the pride of race. Uh, and then there is the pride, uh, uh, my friend, of place. Uh, uh, some people feel that they're better than other people, maybe because they make more money or they live in a bigger house uh, or maybe, listen, they've got finer things. Uh, and so for some reason, uh, they look down on others uh, because of their uh, status in society. Maybe they've got a high position in a job. Uh, and listen, it's, it's elevated and it's blew their head up. That, uh, that authority, that leadership has caused them to think too highly of themselves. Uh, there is the pride of place tonight. But the worst kind of pride of all is the pride of grace. It's when we forget where God brought us from. And what God did in our life. 
that we once sit where others sit. I'm talking about the pride of Simon. I know Simon is lost, but pride is in the heart of every man. It has to be dealt with tonight. Amen. And I see the pride of Simon, how that he made himself to be a great one. That's what people do a lot of times. They, they build themselves up. They create platforms. They, they lift themselves up. They, they talk about their accomplishments and their successes in life uh, uh, in a way that seems obscure, in a way that doesn't seemingly make them look bad, always having to mention their successes, always having to mention their accomplishments in life. That is the society that we're living in today, and we have to be careful that we never let it creep in the house of God. I'm telling you, the Bible said God resisteth the proud but he giveth grace to the humble amen I'm going to tell you if you want God to bypass you and if I want God to bypass me all I got to do is start thinking something about myself amen and start thinking I'm somebody amen I'm telling you listen uh, uh, we all ought to be listen we ought to all be in hell you know that tonight this preacher included uh, uh, God don't need me and God don't need you but it is good to be saved on a Wednesday night it's good to be in the house of God I'm telling you God can let this thing run fine without everyone one of us, amen, but what I'm saying tonight is, uh, is that Simon got full of pride, uh, you know what will get the pride out of me and you, uh, it's the preaching of the word of God, uh, it's the presence of the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm telling you he has to show us the pride that's in our life, amen boy I'm telling you it's hurt it hurts doesn't it but I, want, I don't want pride to rule my life I see the pride of Simon and then I see the popularity of Simon, look at Verse number 10. I want you to notice the response. The Bible said to whom they all gave heed. Everybody listened to Simon. Look at the range of that. The Bible said in verse 10, from the least to the greatest. His reputation was that they said this man, not he has the power of God, but they took it to another level saying this man is the great power of God. I mean, what? I mean, here is a man that has built himself up to a point that, that people have now bought into it. Look at the respect in verse number 11. And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now, how could anybody get to a place where they would lift somebody up so much uh, and make this person so popular here uh, to believe that they are the great power of God? I'll tell you how the Bible answers it in the next verse. Uh, that Simon bewitched them. You see, if you say something long enough and loud enough, there's uh, always a crowd that'll bite on it. There's always a crowd that'll believe it. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, I've seen it happen in church as well as in this world. Uh, I'm telling you, some people know how to brag on themselves in a humble way. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, they know how to put others down uh, in a very innocent and nice way. And others, my friend, like a lamb to the slaughter, uh, they'll just follow that person uh, and before long, guess what? Uh, they're Starting, they're starting to act like that person. Before long, they're starting to dress like that person. Before long, they're so, y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying tonight. And before long, I'm talking about in church. I've seen it happen. And before long, guess what? They like the same things that that person likes. And before long, every sentence has to end with that person's name. I mean, that is the society that some people are living in. You say, what's happened to them? I tell you, what's happened to them, friend? They got bewitched. Amen. I've seen it happen in church. People blow in just like Simon, so-called religious. Always got to have a crowd, always got to have a following, always got to have a name. Always got to be popular. 
and they'll always attach people to them. And these people, as I've said, they're always controlled by this Simon that says. They like the people that Simon likes. They dislike the people Simon don't like. Boy, it sure is quiet in here right now, ain't it? If this, is, if this is Simon's friend, then it's my friend. If Simon can worship with them, I'll worship with them. If Simon gives them an amen when they testify, I'll give them an amen when they testify. If Simon shouts during their singing or preaching, I'll shout during their singing and preaching. I, I've seen it down through the years. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you think I'm going to look across the aisle and get permission or approval from somebody to worship with somebody in singing or preaching or testifying, you can sue your brain for non-support. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of people. They're controlled by Simon. They go to church, but they can't get in. They only get in on certain places. Why? Because that's what Simon says. Simon says we'll go to meeting with this one. Now they don't come out and say it, but they build up some and they tear down others. You say, why are you preaching on this? Because it ought to be preached in every Baptist church. I'm telling you, listen, when we come to church, that's what we come for tonight. And we come to make much of Jesus. You didn't come to see me, and I didn't come to see you, but we all came to see him. And I don't care what song he shows up in. I don't care what testimony he shows up in. I don't care if he shows up in the preaching. I don't care if he shows up in the benediction. As long as he shows up, it'll be worth every mile of the trip. I'm telling you, friend, we come to look at him and to lift up him and to worship him tonight. Amen. I learned a long time ago, you can't let other people dictate your worship. You can't let their faces, you can't let their sayings, you can't let, uh, listen, uh, other things that they say and do. Uh, I'm talking about, friend, uh, uh, listen, don't follow a crowd, don't follow their charisma, don't follow their charm, amen. Uh, uh, when it comes, be your own individual tonight. Uh, uh, listen, what happened was Simon, uh, he bewitched that crowd into following him and thinking he was great. Y'all getting a hold of this tonight? You ever seen it? And you wonder sometimes why some people can't see through it. So Brother Gravely, is there a problem tonight? I don't think there is. I hope there's not. But I'm going to preach on it anyway just so it never becomes one again. <laughs> Amen. No popularity. No pride in the house of God. We don't need any of that mess, do we? We don't need to make a God out of anybody. Not that, that means the preacher. That means the preacher's wife. That, that means anybody in the house. This thing isn't about man tonight. It's about him. I've seen it. You can rest assured tonight about this. God the Father magnified His Son. God the Son magnified His Father. And God the Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus. But none of them at any time ever magnified man. He didn't come to magnify man. He came to save man. Even though we wasn't worth saving. And He didn't save us to make us great. He saved us to make us godly. And Simon's problem in this text is that Simon thinks that everything is supposed to be about him. The pride of Simon, the, the popularity of Simon. Notice the profession of Simon. Look at verse number 12. The Bible said, but when they believed Philip's preaching, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, look at this, they were baptized, both men and women. 
And I see the base of Simon here in verse number 12 that they stopped following him because of the preaching of the gospel and they started following Jesus. You know, that's who we want people to follow tonight. We don't want them to follow this church. I thank God for Bible Baptist Church, but we don't want people following Bible Baptist Church. We don't want them following a preacher. We don't want them following a church member tonight. And the preacher don't need to follow uh, anyone tonight. We need to follow him tonight. Amen. And brother, I'm telling you, when it comes to serving God, you and I have to remember something tonight. It's not about, uh, listen, it's not about uh, uh, others, even though we do serve others in serving God. But we have to remind ourselves our allegiance uh, is to the one that saved us, the one that kept us out of hell. Uh, uh, We're not living for each other. We're living for God tonight. Amen. Simon, I see his base in verse 12. I see the belief in the baptism of Simon and the beholding of Simon in verse 13. The Bible said that then Simon himself believed also when he was ba- and he was baptized. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wonder. Notice it's beholding the miracles and the signs that were done. Simon had to do something. His crowd leaves in verse 12. They've left him. His money is gone. His fame is gone. His name is gone. These people's no longer following him. They're following the gospel. They're following Jesus Christ. So Simon's got to get his base back. So Simon makes a profession in verse number 15 or verse number 13. But as we'll read on, you'll notice uh, they never laid hands on Simon. Simon never received the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, Peter rebuked him and said he was in the gall of bitterness and iniquity. Uh, my friend, the bond of iniquity. And Simon never repented over his sin but he asked Peter to pray for him rather than him pray to himself I want to say tonight there are a lot of people just like Simon they have a profession without a possession amen Uh, they've got religion they go to church Uh, they know how to say the right thing salvation is not in what I do it's in what he did amen if you're here tonight and you went to the altar and you say well I was a little child when I went to the altar I wonder if I did everything right well if you went to the altar to get saved and you put your trust in Jesus Christ guess what? You got just as much saved as anybody else did. Unless you say, well, I don't know if I did everything right. It's not about you doing everything right. He's already one that's already did everything right. Amen. I didn't get saved because I did everything right. I got saved because he did everything right. Amen. You say, well, I don't know if I said the right things. I'm going to tell you something. I didn't get saved because I said the right things. I got saved because every time I read this book, I realize he said the right things. Everything he said, it's right. It's true. You can trust it. You can take it to the bank. Hallelujah. And salvation tonight is more than a profession. It's a possession tonight. And Simon, it's all about the miracles, the money, the multitude. But Simon, my friend, was not about Christ. When we get to verse number 14, I want you to notice the pause on Simon. Because the Bible takes a little break from Simon in this text here. And thank God it shows us what real men of God really are. You'll notice here these real men of God, what they're about. The Bible said, now when the apostles which were Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. And notice in verse number 14 that they were about the souls of men. Uh, these men were all about the souls of men when they heard uh, uh, that they had re- that Samaria had received the word of God. They were about the souls of men. They, real men of God is about winning souls. They were about the scriptures, the word of God. It was not elevating Peter and John, but it's 
elevating the word of God and those souls that trusted the word of God. Real men of God are not about themselves. Amen. Real saints of God are not about themselves. And we notice that they were about the saints in verse 15 who then they come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So they were about the saints of God in verse 15. They were about the spirit of God. The Bible said in verse 17 that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now hear me tonight. In this world and in this time that we're living in, you and I have got to have the ability or should I say tonight we've got to have the discernment uh, to be able to discern the difference uh, uh, between what is real and what is fake tonight. There's a lot of people they don't know the difference. They just go along with anything. You know how a church goes from being old-fashioned to getting rid of their getting rid of their choir and their pulpit and all that kind of all that mess that goes on. You know how that happens because of a lack of discernment. Because no preacher in his right mind, I'm not talking about a real preacher. No one that professes to be a preacher is going to come in and just say, well, uh, folks today, we're going to rip all this out. We're going to change. We're going to contemporary. That's not how it works. No, no. They slowly but surely turn the dial. Like a frog in boiling water. You just turn it up a little bit at a time until you get used to it. But people that walk with God and have spiritual discernment can detect that. The apostles knew immediately that Simon didn't have what Samaria had. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I think men of God, sometimes we don't know, we can't see people's souls, but you rest assured, the Holy Spirit will turn the light on for us. He will let us know, you better pray for that one right there, they're not saved. He will let us know, you better pray for that one right there, they're, going to, they're, they're trying to cause trouble in the church. Well, it don't happen all the time, but when it happens, I promise you this, you know it's God. He'll let you see some things. Spiritual saints can, can see things sometimes when, when something's going on in a church. They say, oh, that, that's just not right. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Their spirit's not right. Well, that, that, that doesn't look right. Something about that don't look good. Something about that, I mean, a red flag goes up. We call it a red flag, but I'll tell you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit letting you know, boy, you better stay a million miles away from that right there. Isn't that right? Brother Gravely, why would you preach that on Wednesday night? Because y'all can swallow it, and I don't know if some of that other crowd can. And because if anybody's going to see what I'm preaching on tonight about Simon, it'd have to be this crowd. I want you to know tonight the Pauls of Simon. They were real men of God. I want you to see his perversion tonight. Look at verse number 18. And when Simon saw that through laying on the hands of the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Look at his motive. Saying, give me also this power that whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. You see the mistake of Simon. And his ministry again goes back to himself that I. You know, I don't want to have an I ministry to you. Our ministry should never be about ourselves. What we do for God must be for his honor and for his glory. It must not to be elevated. It must not be to be praised. It must not to be recognized. Now everybody I know, under, understand everybody wants encouragement. But when you serve God with your eyes on others, I promise you this tonight, you'll always be disappointed. Eventually you can get bitter, but if you serve God with your eyes on Him, 
Everybody you know can walk out. But there'll be grace to keep on serving and keep on living. You know, at the end of the day, what we want to hear or what we desire to hear, should want to hear tonight, is to hear the Lord say, well done. That's really all that matters. Is that He says, well done. Have I always done well? No. But I want to hear Him say, well done. I've not always done well. But when I get to the end, I want to have tried to stay faithful and hear Him say, well done. Notice the punishment of Simon. In verse number 20, Peter rebukes him. He said, Thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. He gives the reason for that. And he tells him in verse number 21, he, he said that he, he rebukes him and says, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. You know, don't you think God... I look, when I read this text, I, I went, my mind went back to preachers down through the years that they just got up and preached the Bible without apology. They weren't mean-spirited, but they told the truth, and they, they was matter-of-fact about it. And I'm going to be honest with you, it helped my life, especially as a teenager. I didn't need somebody to stroke my ego. I didn't need somebody to tell me I was a wonderful person. They didn't beat up on us, but I'll tell you one thing. They pulled the hammer back, and they preached hard against sin. They preached hard against the devil. They preached hard against the world. Amen. They tried to warn us. They tried to pull us as far away from the world as they could get us by calling everything by name and letting us know that the world will, will destroy your life and that, and that Satan is a serpent that, that wants to destroy your life and your soul. I'm talking about that kind of preaching down through the years. It helped me in those early years and I still need it today Simon is revealed for who he really is and the word of God a man of God that preaches the Bible it will reveal our sin and that's what that's what Peter does in this text he said thou hast neither part nor lot in this name or this matter for thy heart is not right in the sight of God look what he said in verse 22 repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Repentance still works, doesn't it? You know, if there's pride in our life, all we have to do is repent over it. Say, God, I'm sorry. I don't want that in my life. If there's something in my heart that has grieved me, if, it, his, if there's some time, maybe you're here tonight, this would be somewhat of an odd, uh, maybe a, a, a proposition, but it's still true. You're here tonight, and maybe, maybe you're bitter because uh, you didn't get the recognition somewheres in life you thought you should have got. Maybe on the job, maybe in your family, maybe I don't know where it would be at tonight. Don't let it drive you to bitterness. Amen. Let God help you tonight. Repent. There's not a sin known to man that if we we'll repent, we can't find forgiveness for. And I finally notice. Notice Simon's plea. Look what he said in verse 24. Then answers Simon and said, Simon says, Pray ye to the Lord for me, and none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Simon had an opportunity to repent, but Simon wouldn't pray. Simon would not repent to God. He wouldn't receive the Lord Jesus as his Savior, and he would not reverence the Holy Spirit. Simon had nothing more than a profession. But no possession. I want to ask you tonight, what do you have? I know it's Wednesday night.
I'd never try to doubt someone's salvation tonight in any way. That's personal. It's between you and the Lord. But salvation, if it's right, it's real. I promise you that. If what you have is right, it's real. It'll be real. It'll be based on the Word of God. It's not based on a feeling. It's not based on an experience. But it's based on you trusting the Word of God tonight. Simon trusted himself. What are you trusting in tonight as we stand? Maybe